let's get our our crazos out of the way first. Yeah. I tried to watch Space Jam: A New Legacy. It's awful. I turned what? it off. I'm not, I'm not qualified to review it, so that's it. Wow. I thought about seeing it as a joke, but then I thought I can't even stomach a minute of that. I am not. I'm you know I'm I'm a '90s kid, but the yeah. original Space Jam, not my jam. And I'm also an animation guy, but I just I don't like basketball and Looney right. Tunes. That's not classic Looney Tunes. It's just what what what's the point? Why am I watching this? But there was something about the new one. I wanted to kind of see what they did with the technology and how it mm-hmm. looked. So sweaty, so weird. How they get into it. The plotting is just so weird. It's so bad. I didn't make it. I made it 15 minutes in, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But you, I'm here making sure you don't forget to tell us about <laughs> the Forever Purge. Yeah, I watched it before the last episode, and I forgot to mention it. So this is the only. It is forever, so you can get around to it whenever. Yeah, that's true. This is the only piece of the Purge franchise that I've seen, and from the hubbub that I've heard, <laughs> apparently it's one of the better ones. Technically, really. Yes, mm. I've heard that besides the first one, which is, <laughs> you know, considered the best one by Dave Ortiz, this one is pretty solid. And here's what I'll say about The Purge. I will say it was so relentlessly depressing and awful. <laughs> and I think what might have seemed like a far away dystopia in the late Obama years now just seems like the hellscape we're living in. Mm-hmm. So to watch people living out right. the fullness of what they'd actually like to be doing to their mm-hmm. fellow country people is just is wretched and awful and makes you feel dirty because the stuff that you're watching doesn't look like a fantasy anymore. It looks right. like just like one more toe over the line of where we're already at. And I'm like, oh, God, don't make it be true. Um, yeah. But if you you know, just kind of want to see what that's about, what, you know, what's, what it's like when mm-hmm. you can have, when you can commit any crime over a 24 or 12 hour period or whatever it is, but then people just decide, how about we just keep doing it? Right. How about we not observe that? And like, really, they hadn't thought of that before. Can you mm-hmm. imagine if the nation went into complete anarchy for 12 hours and everyone's just like, okay, we're good for another right. year or however long it is. Well, isn't the real life purge that we had a year without having to go into our offices and everybody just decided I guess they so. want to keep not going into their offices. Right. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a healthy kind of purge. I think yeah. like some companies realizing we don't need a building. Right. I think that's a healthy realization mm-hmm. when that actually works for you. Um, but just, and not only murdering people, but finding horrible, excruciating, torturous ways to kill people. And you're always in a scary mask and everything is menace and just like yuck i don't like this at all i don't i don't like this world so of course everything is preposterous that happens throughout um but i was sickened for the first 20 minutes and then i guess i got a little inoculated to the horrors and just kind of watched them play out in front of me i i did not enjoy it for one moment it was just a horrible experience okay uh, C plus recommended. Yeah, A. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. No, it was. I I couldn't. I I feel like a movie like that defies a rating. Mm-hmm. I've never done a purge. Yeah, I don't. I probably wouldn't start there, but uh, I probably will never catch up. But uh, I'm not shocked by anything you're saying. 
Seems well, just like this a... idea that we could get it out of our system if we just mm-hmm. let everyone have at it, because what it understands is that there's rage in the air mm-hmm. and that people realize that there are two competing realities that can't exist together. And what if the only way out is for one side to kill the other? And yeah. that has now become a little too real of a prospect mm-hmm. to stomach. August 13th, it's going down. Is that the new day he's uh, That's taking what office the, the, again? the my pillow guy says? Oh, I see. It's happening, or or civil war. So okay, well, yeah, I'll pencil that in. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's a shortage on ammunition because it's all getting bought up. Delightful. Yeah, isn't that going to be great? Mm-hmm. What a country! Mm-hmm. We canceled the trip to Disney World because mm-hmm. Florida is death central. Because of politics, not because, uh, yes, something bad happened, but the way we're reacting to it has now been completely polarized and politicized. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't even find, even if from a satire or Mm -hmm. whatever aspect, I wouldn't bother with something like The Purge because, yeah, we already, we're already ripped in half. Right. And uh, it's not pretty. Right. We don't need an allegory of it. Right. (laughs) We're, We're living it. Yeah. Fun. Well, you also saw Old, which I will eventually catch up on, but there's no reason to really wait. It's already kind of out of the zeitgeist. But um... Yeah, I'll talk about Old for a second. Yeah. So it's the latest Shyamalan. And so this was interesting to me. As uh, people have been talking about this, they're rating M. Night Shyamalan's work. And there are like titles of his that I've never heard of. He has an interesting filmography that just like, oh, I've never even heard of that movie. Um, and old are on a lot of people's lists has fallen right in the middle <laughs> and pretty much everybody agrees that uh, Sixth Sense is by far the best. I'm a science guy myself, though mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. also like Sixth Sense. I like Unbreakable and I liked not Glass. What was the other one? Split. Split. I liked Split a lot. Um, but here we've got old and the <laughs> plot is incredibly simple. You've got this family that's in a bit of turmoil. They show up at this resort. They are sent out to a private beach by the concierge along with another family and some others will show up with them. And they find that they are aging at a rapid pace. They find this out first because of the kids who are with them. Because, hey, when you're an adult, we age, but you don't notice it that much day to day. But kids, they're aging pretty quickly. And so people are just kind of dying one by one. They can't get out the way they got in. They um, start to turn on each other. People are mentally ill. People are physically ill. They find that they all have something wrong with them. They're, I shouldn't say wrong with them. You're talking about like health or mental health issues, right? Like that's what they have in common. And they're just getting older and older by the moment. And there's no way out now. This is, to me, pretty typical M. Night Shyamalan, that it looks really interesting, that the story is compelling, but what is up with the dialogue? Mm-hmm. The way the characters speak to one another is a, are ways no characters speak and behave. So in case, unless he lives in a world where like this is satire that I'm just not getting, um, this is some really poor, poor writing. 
all the characters introduce themselves with their name and what they do for a living. And they do it throughout, throughout. So I thought there must be a reason behind this. There must be some payoff of knowing everyone's occupation. No. So it's like, hello, I'm Jaren. I'm a nurse. That's Jaren. Remember that. Like that's an actual line. And then the person's like, oh, well, my name's Teresa. I am a psychiatrist. I went to school for it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, like so many psychiatrists do. Right. Um, and then they, they just all say their name and occupation. That's all. The, that's the small talk. And so I feel like in a, in a big way, this is a miss. They, they should have left it more. He should have left it more mysterious at the end. Instead, he tried to have an explanation with not really a twist, but just, you know, explaining what's going on under the surface. I didn't want to know. Because there are some real poignant, compelling moments that mm-hmm. kind of make you sit and appreciate the moment. And there's this scene at the end where the two parents are just aging by the second and all of the stuff that bothered them before doesn't. And they're two kids who earlier in the day were kids and are now adults are sitting there for their final moments. And there's something just like really beautiful about this. Um in a, in a way, it's trite and cliche, but in, a, in the way it was presented, I thought it was really, really cool. And then the kids the next morning who now themselves only have a little bit of time, what are they going to do with it? I, I think that that is fun and interesting and and a, and a good fairy tale, maybe mm-hmm. even fable land. But the other stuff, oh, what a drag. And so it's one of those like, hey, I, I, I'd love to fix the script. <laughs> Because I'm a wizard and a genius. Sure. Um, but no, this is the movie that he made. And I feel like I would watch it again just to see what I didn't see the first time. He creates mm-hmm. such a strange world. I was mm-hmm. compelled by it. Does he cast himself as a character who's instrumental in overseeing the fates of others, as he often does? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. I wasn't even sure what his character was supposed to be doing. He he's like watching them from a distance and I'm trying to understand that. I'm like, why mm. wouldn't they have installed cameras right. closer? Why is he at a distance? What you know, mm-hmm. why is th- there's a fatal flaw to the island? Why why does that exist and why has that not been dealt mm. with? Um yeah, there there are a lot it leaves you with a lot of story questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his deal is, because he's clearly uh to some extent a visionary and he's prolific and uh-huh. I'm glad his career didn't end when he had kind of a little bit of backlash after his first few hits, but there is something so tight and perfect about, um, six sense. And mm-hmm. I I'm with you. I think signs is great. I mean, if people make fun of the ending, but it's a very entertaining movie. And I think the writing is really sharp and funny and interesting in signs. Yeah. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, he starts to do the belabored explanations and the, I think he starts to think of himself as a world builder and a franchise builder and, and something like that. So we start to get the, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm glad he's still at it. I'm glad he gets, you know, he's established and he can keep doing it and keep trying. Cause sometimes the results are better than other times, but um, yeah, I'm still interested to catch up with this just based on, on even the, the tepid reviews that I've heard, but. Yeah, it would be a it would be a strong recommend for me, um, mm-hmm. even though from a writing perspective it falls so short. The mm-hmm. other stuff is so strong and strange. 
that mm-hmm. I think it's worth a view. Excellent. Um, well, I am running short on time, so we have two, as far as I know, titles left to discuss. Jump on in. Pig. Uh, let's talk pig. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm trying to... Pig me. I gotta, gotta call up IMDb earlier, Josh. P-I-G. Oh, did you see the trailer for Lamb with Green Knight? You know what? I missed it because I walked in like the second it began, but I saw mm. that 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 was the trailer I was walking mm-hmm. in on in the like the final seconds. You'll probably see it again. It's it's bonkers town. Oh, I saw the the screen grabs all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very interested to see what they do with mm-hmm. it, and I'm glad it's a foreign film because that means it could be very interesting. Anyway, all right. Uh, Pig is. Directed by Michael Sarnowski, written by, based on a story he wrote and written, it doesn't say who written by. It's a story by Vanessa Block and Michael Sarnowski. Screenplay by Sarnowski. Okay. And is this a feature debut? I don't think so. I don't know. He has other credits, but they're TV and shorts. So this is a feature debut. Directorial debut. Okay. It is a Nicolas Cage vehicle called Pig. It is about a man who lives by himself in the wooded uh, lands of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, And he has a truffle pig and he finds truffles and he sells them to people in Portland, I guess, is the city nearby. Yep. And the, those people are represented chiefly by the character Amir played by Alex Wolfe. Uh, who I took me a long time to recognize him as the movie played out, even though he's got a distinctive look. I just he's such a different character. I didn't recognize him at first. He's also an old, I should mention. And he's an old. That's right. He's one of the kids, right? Who yeah. Grows older. Uh, he's one of the old people from the old beach. Um, so Nicholas Cage is Rob, short for Robin. I don't remember his last name. And he's got him. Feld. He's a, here's the Feld. Okay. Here's the deal. This movie plays with a setup that seems familiar of the mountain man, grizzly dude who has rejected civilized life. And he clearly has demons in his past that will be explored. And then a a, a tragedy befalls him. And this is pretty straightforward. It's in the trailer. His, His truffle pig is kidnapped and it thrusts him back into the game. And you kind of expect... A kind of a, a, a play, a twist on the kind of taken action movie mm-hmm. where he's going to go now and find out who did this and they're going to regret messing with Rob. And then the movie proceeds to completely, uh, you know, supplant and, and overturn those expectations and surprise you with uh, gentleness and philosophy and uh, humanity and relationships not every episode of this worked for me, Dan. Maybe we can get into those details a little bit, but I really enjoyed this journey. I never knew what was going to happen, even though I went into it thinking I knew what was going to happen. And I felt like this was an incredible character for Nicolas Cage to play. There are some extreme choices, like the fact that he is beaten severely during the kidnapping of the pig and does not clean his wounds (laughs) until the final scene of the movie. (laughs) Uh, all these are very interesting <laughs> choices. I loved it. Uh, Adam Arkin is an interesting turn as a, I guess, a, a, I don't know, a 
crime lord chef. (laughs) There's some really weird world building here having to do with the the chef scene on the West Coast, I guess. Uh, The the one scene, I guess, that I'm alluding to earlier that lost me, Dan, was when there's kind of this is underground fight club for chefs. Uh Yeah, I didn't understand what was happening there when it was happening or when it was over. But so much in this movie was surprising and delightful. There's a great scene with an actor named David Nell as a chef in a bistro Mm -hmm. that doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. I I was I really I'm not describing it well enough, but I was delighted by Pig. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I didn't know what to expect. At first, I was bored. Ah, oh, yeah, noble savage, grizzled person off the off the beaten track, off the grid. And then it wasn't that story. And then I thought, oh, it's a revenge movie about getting back his pig. Oh, no, it's not that movie. It ends up just being this lovely meditation on grief. And it's surreal, but exists just enough in the real world. I agree with you about that underground scene but at the same time i thought they respected their audience's intelligence um not only by not explaining enough (laughs) but not explaining anything (laughs) yeah and and it doesn't come back to it to show (laughs) you what what it what it's about i i thought it was just creative and i didn't know what was going on at all but it was just enough to get to the next part of the plot and i think that alex wolf is great as a mere cage um kind of back to form right um Mm. from his leaving las vegas uh oscar movie um his i I loved his performance in adaptation you Mm. know kind of these strange kind of funny kind of sad uh quiet intense characters um i thought it was interesting placing it in the world of something so specific as the high-end portland food scene how how weird and going from the menace and kind of uh, mafia cliches with uh, Adam Arkin's character to something that was so um, surrendering and so tender. Um, mm. When we find out really what, what is going to have happened with, with the pig. Um, I liked the framing on either end about him considering um, his wife who has passed and who he's still grieving and is not over. Um just everything about this was surprising. It moved quickly. It looked great. I, I enjoyed Pig a lot. Yeah, and you you just don't know. Obviously, it's it's Nicholas Cage lends himself, and I think it's it's noble that he does this. He gives a lot of genre filmmakers a boost by being in their movies. Yeah. He seems to like work, and he I think he has a lot of debts he needs to pay. Um, so you don't know if one of them is going to be a gem like this. You know, he's in a lot of. And weird movies lately. He was in one called Mandy that I saw a couple years ago. That was interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, this, uh, this is one where don't, don't pass it off as a weird genre movie or a, a taken or whatever. It's, it's its own thing. And it, I think it announces a very interesting filmmaker who I will be uh, excited to see what he does next. Yeah. I was, a, I mean, that's an incredibly strong debut. Yeah. And it feels very restrained, which is admirable. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was some material explaining more that was cut, kind of, uh, or maybe be. this is just a wisdom in the writing of we don't need to explain these things. But I think it didn't matter. A, yeah, it's a nice ninety minutes, and uh, it's very concise and, and tight. Uh, all right. Well, 
I have been looking forward to the Green Knight for quite some time, just based on its trailers. And uh, I was a little worried about, I expressed this to you that I didn't know uh, what we were being for, but why don't you introduce us to the world of the Green Knight? Sure. I'm especially qualified to do this because I did a high school paper (laughs) on Sir Gawain and that's all I remember about him. Anyway, this is Green Knight um, titled on screen as Sir Gawain and the Green Knight by Anonymous. And it is an epic medieval fantasy film by David Lowry, who directed, wrote, edited and produced. And it stars Dev Patel as Sir Gawain, a knight from King Arthur's Round Table, who sets out on a journey to test his courage and face the Green Knight. What we've got is this mysterious kind of half tree creature guy, the Green Knight, who comes in and makes a challenge of any of the knights who care to take him up on it to face him in hand-to-hand combat. And whatever... Um, wound they are able to inflict he is going to return and inflict the same wound on them in a year's time it happens on christmas of all days and so gowan kind of with impudence chops off his head (laughs) um doesn't seem to bother the green knight at all i think if you reviewed the rules of the game maybe you'd choose a different right yeah right but that's what he did um Mm -hmm. because you know the green knight was just too too passive and just kind of stood there with his neck out that pissed him off anyway so now he's got a year to feel stressed about this and to go through his dark year of the soul um before deciding ultimately that he's going to make the journey to face the green knight and to find out his fate and his destiny now i did not know this story before but as i was watching first off i enjoyed this movie and it looks great, and I love the performances, and I love the vibe. And I just kept thinking throughout, how did this movie get made in 2021? Because it is like a straightforward telling of a King Arthur legend. It is episodic in its way. You're just following this guy on a journey. And I think it finds its contemporary footing in the final act, um, kind of La La Land-esque ending to me. <laughs> but... um. I feel like movies like this just don't get made anymore. Yeah. What I had, what I had expressed to you, Dan, was that when I saw the trailers, of course I'm immediately struck, but I've also been burned before I've been around the block. You know, I was thinking this looks gorgeous. This looks inventive. It looks like, uh, you know, a Julie Taymor or a Terry Gilliam or something. But uh, is it just another Gretel and Hansel or something that looks stunning from afar and then you watch it and it's just baffling or slight or whatever. Uh, And so I was delighted to watch it and see that it is way more straightforward than it seems like it's going to be. Although I would say around halfway through the storytelling becomes a little more disjointed and a little more trippy. And there's some theories on, I heard, I've heard two different things actually for points where things change. One involves a long pan away from Gowan and then back to him mm. if you know the, the moment mm. I'm talking about and another one in, in, to me I felt like after he ate some mushrooms in a field <laughs> there's a decided you know shift in the in the kind of etherealness of the way the story you don't you're not sure what's happening is happening but anyway there's episodes with ghosts there's episodes with people he meets bandits and the castle and uh, I, I just was enjoying it people were laughing and, and and shocked and surprised and it unfolds like a good old yarn and uh 
I was just happy that it was that good in terms of the story and that it was, uh, yeah, it felt like a kind of movie that doesn't get made enough. Um, David Lowry, I'm only, I'm just aware of him. I saw ghost story. I liked that, but that's a very small indie, you know, that's kind of the sparseness is the whole kind of point of it. So to mm-hmm. see such a big lavish production, I mean, he has directed a Disney movie. He made the Pete's dragon remake. So he's got oh. big production experience, but I just don't, I, I don't have any concept of him as a filmmaker with a voice. So I really didn't know what was going to happen here. I like Sarita uh, Koduri as his mother, uh, Gawain's mother. I like Sean Harris as King Arthur. The very interesting portrayal. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's it's sort of in, like I was saying about Pig. Like not, a lot of things don't go the way you think they're going to go. Relationships and right. characterizations and plot points and uh, yeah. Um, um, let's talk yeah. about Alicia Vikander. Yeah, I, really, a lot of interesting play, stuff for her to do. A in dual, playing a dual role, both as his, I mean, I don't want to say sweetheart, because that's right. the nature of the mm-hmm. relationship on one end of his life, but then a woman who he meets um, at the end of his quest. And the speech that she gets to give about mm-hmm. the nature of life, I, I loved that moment. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was just so phenomenally delivered by her. And I loved what went on in that house with the Lord and the mm-hmm. woman who's blindfolded. And none of that is explained. Right. We're, we're just kind of watching and enjoying it. I liked how his relationship with that household, like for a movie that up to that moment had been so painfully heterosexual, mm-hmm. like it was very sexy in that house and yet completely to the imagination like you'd think mm-hmm. that if you were going to go in such a, a carnal direction with the story, that there'd be a lot of visuals. And apart from, you know, one messy shot. Right. Um, Insert shot for the yeah, ages. Exactly. Um, it, it's very much left to the imagination. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I thought that his relationship with both her and the Lord of the house was very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, so I, don't try. I probably would have, if, I, if this came out when I was 25 or whatever, I probably would have been really like doubling over backwards, trying to interpret it and come up with a right. you know, unified theory of what's going on. And I kind of don't do that anymore. I just kind of let it wash over me. And I enjoyed it on that level. In the wake, I have been reading, you know, and listening to some people talk about it and their ideas of what it's about. And I think what I, what resonates most with me is that it's kind of a rumination on fame, that it kind of is using, mm. A, this ancient story to talk about uh, the kind of pitfalls of fame and glory from, from a kind of a modern, you know, it's, 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 it's postmodern, but I like that. It's not that kind of grueling postmodern where it has to lecture you on how postmodern it is. Mm-hmm. It's just a world where we don't talk, you know, it, it's a movie that makes a lot out of pageantry and lordship and kingship without knowing that all those things are tired and nobody's really impressed with them anymore. So it treats everything almost as cartoons. And then it has, I, I feel like the things it has to say are transcendent of the setting. Yeah, uh, that, that said, I don't have a specific thing, but, but the way it ends, the, the revelation that he has, the, the, what you call the mm-hmm. La La Land ending, yeah. where you kind of get this alternate, this, this could have been the last act of this movie, uh, really seemed to frustrate the audience in the New Jersey mall where I saw it. But, um, oh, I don't know. That I, I, made it. It. I, I would have, yeah. I would have disliked it if that wouldn't have been mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. And then the 
ending that is in one way definitive and in another way completely left open. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great way to end it, like before yeah. you're even expecting it to be done. Right, right. Yeah, I think this was a success. I, um, I'd like to see it again. I probably see it again in a theater while I can, and mm-hmm. um, it's one to think about and enjoy. And I'm glad it exists. Fifteen million. Wow! Can you believe it costs that? That's paltry. Yeah, I know. Like I, I, it looks like a trillion dollars. Yeah. That. Just yeah. goes to show that when people are good craftspeople and right. good actors and a good director. And a lot of that could be smoke machines and color and cinematography, yes. but there's there's big vistas in this. There's mm-hmm. giants in this movie that look great. Yeah. It's trippy. It's not realistic, but it it works. It all no. like it's really yeah. A lot of, a lot of credit goes to Dev Patel. His his performance yeah. is quiet and he emotes so well that there's a lot um, that's expressed through his silence and he's become, and I guess we're, we're, we're lucky for it, but he's kind of become the go-to, you know, uh, surprise casting for these kind of old white people characters like, mm-hmm. uh, David Copperfield and Sir Gowan. But, uh, yeah, he's so winning and, but also he plays, he's not like, he's extremely magnetic and you like him and you root for him, but he's also, he also plays the failures of this guy very well mm-hmm. in over his head and arrogant and, cowardly uh while still somehow being compelling um yeah it's interesting like you know masculinity is on full center stage display and it's not um toxic and it's mm-hmm. not homoerotic in and mm-hmm. of itself it, he he just manages to to hold it in a in a very centered balanced way yeah. that i think is hard in a, in a movie like this yeah it's good i'm i'm pleased yeah i liked it a lot uh okay that's it bye see ya i'm seeing the suicide squad this week oh i have no skin in that game i didn't i haven't seen the other ones uh not really a big dc comics guy but james gunn wrote and directed this one and i think he's kind of an interesting dude so i'm looking forward to that uh otherwise i don't not much on my radar theatrically speaking but uh yeah i'm i'm going away next week um so all right i don't know i'm going that's right we need to talk about that i'm going away the week after okay and then I'm technically on vacation the week after that, but I won't be where I was going to be in Florida. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if, if we're up for it. We'll, we'll see what out. works. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah. what works. Okay. All righty. All right. Let me grab the audio. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Uh, cheerio. J-Rap. J-Rap.